Welcome to Comic Book Podcast Pilot Season, Day 7. So at the end of this first week, we are wrapping up the first episodes for each of our different series. Next week, you get the second episodes in each of the different series, and this time next week, you'll have the floor opened up so that you can vote on the series that you'd like to see continue in the long term. So the seventh and final series in consideration is something I'm calling The Great Runs. There's a lot of read-along podcasts, including two I've been piloting, that focus on a particular title or a particular character. But a lot of times what we see are great creators. There are a lot of variations in the levels of quality in the typical series. You can find runs of the Avengers that are great. You can find runs of the Avengers that are not so great. So this is going to focus on the great. doesn't matter who the creators are. doesn't matter who the characters are. If there's a famous run, we'll look at it. And the one we're going to start off with is Walt Simonson's run on Thor. That's been chosen for a couple of reasons. One, yeah, Thor's big. He just had another movie come out. So, seemed like the right time. Two, I've got access to the complete run through Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited subscriptions. By the way, if you don't have a Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited subscriptions, they're great. Think of it as Netflix for Marvel Comics. That's essentially what it is. They're adding many titles a week, old and new. And another reason I wanted to take a look at Walt Simonson's Thor is I've never actually read it before. And one of the reasons I've never read it is because Thor has never really grabbed me as a character. So it has also been collected, not just in the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, it's been collected in an omnibus edition. So if you've got you know, some sort of vehicle to drive to and from your comic shop, I don't think you want to carry this thing home, you can get his complete run, which lasted from issue 337 to issue 382 in one massive hardcover. You also want to pick yourself up a nice sturdy podium to put the book on when you're reading it. The other way it's been collected is in the Marvel Thor Visionaries Walt Simonson series. And those are the divisions that I've chosen to go with when I'm deciding how to break these stories up. Because reading it early on, it seems to be pretty clearly in a serialized format. So I don't think there really is a clean breaking point in his story. It feels like it's the classic serial sense where some plot lines get wrapped up, others get started, and none of them really go away completely until they're wrapped up. So you don't get, oh, the end of this issue is a nice clean break. The story's complete. Even at the end of this, I went through the first 12 issues, which is how they're collected in the first volume of the Thor Visionaries Walt Simonson series, and it's ending on a bit of a cliffhanger here as well. So we are dealing with issues 337 to 348. These are cover dated from November 1983 to October 1984. All of these issues feature both scripts and pencils by Walt Simonson. He also does some of the inks with Assistance by Bob Wyachek, colors by George Rousseau or Christy Scheel, and letters by John Workman Jr. And it was all edited by Mark Runewald. And it's interesting to see how much of the Thor pantheon and Thor history I'm aware of that starts even in the first four issues of this run. The first thing Simonson did was introduce Beta Ray Bill, who's a very noble alien, and was transformed in an act of self-sacrifice to become a protector for his race. His species is on something of an arc in space, and they're still being pursued by the aliens who want to destroy them. His ship was at risk of colliding with Earth, so when Thor went out to stop him, Beta Ray Bill assumed that he was being awakened because the creatures that were trying to attack his species were upon them, and that Thor was working with them, so they fight. The fighting stops when Thor notices that Beta Ray Bill can lift Mjolnir. Thor's hammer has an enchantment that only those who are worthy can lift the hammer. So there are a number of people who've tried 
and failed to do so. Thor is one of them. Steve Rogers, Captain America, has been able to lift the hammer in the past as well. Now Beta Ray Bill can. So when Thor saw that, he realized this guy's down in the alien invasion. He is noble. If he's worthy of lifting the hammer, we don't need to be enemies. And that's when he started to back down from the fight. Took a little bit of help from Odin, because when Beta Ray Bill lifted the hammer, as goes with the inscription, he was able to wield the power of Thor. So Odin created a second hammer, this one Stormbreaker, to give to Beta Ray Bill, and he transferred an enchantment from Mjolnir onto Stormbreaker. So now Beta Ray Bill can transform between the native appearance of his species and his modified appearance that he took on that caused him to be rejected in order to be their protector. And when he transferred that from Mjolnir, Donald Blake went away. So it's probably no surprise to people who watch the movies, Thor doesn't really have a secret identity on Earth. In this one, ever since he was introduced in Journey into Mystery, issue 83, he's had the secret identity of Donald Blake and the human love interest of Jane Foster. There was a little bit of a nod to Don Blake as an ex-boyfriend of Jane Foster in the first movie, but that's as far as the movies speak to it. Well, here Don Blake's existence is basically wiped out. It appears that Don Blake was a creation of Odin just to teach Thor a lesson, and he'd been trapped in the form of Don Blake. So when he found the cane and became Thor back in Journey into Mystery, he didn't do that in order to become Thor. It wasn't Don Blake transformed into Thor, it was Thor transforming back into his normal form, even though he didn't remember it. So after these events... Thor and Bill are both equipped to fight. Sif and Bill go out to help Beta Ray Bill's people in space. They fight a good defense. That storyline is still left hanging at that point with the two of them out there. Thor, without the secret identity of Donald Blake to work with, needs another way to operate on Earth and with the Avengers, and with the help of Nick Fury, sets up a new job and a new secret identity as Sigurd Jarlson. No physical transformation, so he is the full stature of Thor now. He just hides his identity behind a pair of glasses and bumps into a couple of reporters in the hallway just after doing it, who happen to be named Lois and Clark. There's a great nod there. It's very very clear who Walt Simonson was putting a nod to when Thor hid his identity behind that pair of reading glasses. Meanwhile, Loki is scheming and orchestrating things in the background. He sends a Norse or Asgardian seductress to Midgard or to Earth in the form of Melody, who's attempting to enchant Thor with what amounts to a love potion. Meanwhile, Loki is working with Malekith, the dark elf, who is the primary villain in the Thor the Dark World film that just came out, and they are working together to bring about the destruction of Midgard. So Malekith is manipulating everyone, including Melody and Seductress, and he's the one that manages to trick Thor into drinking the golden mead that would enchant him, so that Thor would have that additional vulnerability of doing whatever it takes and losing all rationality when Melody is in danger. Loki manipulates Baldur the Brave, who had sworn never to take another life after events that took place before. For this run, and Baldur is forced to fight to defend himself in order to deliver a message to Loki from Odin. Loki completely disregards the scrolls, but gets a big kick out of Baldur violating that oath to kill thousands or hundreds to make his way to Loki. So Baldur is becoming a warrior once more. And as it's all said and done, a character who we will later learn as Surtur is unleashed for the first time. So this actually is a very enjoyable run. It's probably the most enjoyable series I've ever read on Thor, and I've tried a few runs. The big issue I have with Thor going back to the essentials is that they never seem to decide if Thor was really a god or not. Yeah, Donald Blake became Thor the Thunder God, and then he traveled to Asgard in that form, but his primary concerns were the concerns of Midgard, or concerns of Earth, and the concerns of Donald Blake. So it's more the Peter Parker model, where a lot of the problems that are taking up his time and distracting him in battle are the ones from his regular life. There is no ambiguity here. It's not, is he a god or a man? He is a god. The story's done on a huge scale, but it's still not dehumanizing. Yes, he is a god. Yes, he goes between these worlds. But Simonson tells the story in a way that still has the sympathizing with Thor and still relating to Thor. 
before, which is a tough balance to maintain, yet he pulled it off. So I'm definitely interested in going through and finishing the rest of the run on this. One question I do have that I'm going to throw out to the listeners, if anyone knows, it may just be my own ignorance, having skipped about 200 issues between the last issue I read and the first issue of this run. And by about 200, I mean exactly 200. I just read up to the end of the second essential. But I'm curious about what happened to Jane Foster. With Donald Blake getting wiped out, she's just not mentioned. So I'm assuming that they'd already broken up for some reason before this run started. I just don't know what that is. And I'm kind of curious about when that happened. So that is the first look at Walt Simonson's run on Thor. It definitely does capture the fact that these guys are gods. It is enjoyable. I see why it's so well respected. So you can join us again next week when we look at the second volume. And if this is the podcast that wins the pilot season voting, then we will finish off Walt Simonson's run on Thor, going through it in the five volumes as they were collected in the Thor Visionaries. And the run that continues beyond that will be influenced largely by readers and what they're saying. So if you'd like to let me know what happened to Jane Foster, or if you'd like to let me know what run you'd like to see next, should this one win, please feel free to email me at bureau42podcasts at gmail.com, where the 42 are the numbers 42. So join us again tomorrow when we kick off the second week with the second episodes of each, looking at Strange Tales number 135 in our Nick Fury read-along. And follow along next week till we continue with the voting. Until then, thank you for listening.